I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. You know, throughout the years in business, I found something, which was I'd always ask why you do things. And the answers you invariably get are, oh, that's just the way it's done. Nobody knows why they do what they do. Nobody thinks about things very deeply in business. That's what I found. Welcome back to the Lion Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. Today's phenomenal episode, I got to have my friend, Miss Belisa Vranich, on the show. Belisa is kind of a big deal in the breath world. She is a clinical psychologist, writer of the book Breathe, uh, creator of the breathing class. She's been featured all over the place, CNN, Fox, Today Show, Wall Street Journal, Cosmopolitan, Huffington Post, she's, she's all over the place. Um, really tremendous human being, super sweet to spend time, and uh, you get to hear some of that in this conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy. We get into sexuality and masturbation in relation to breath. We get into uh, utilizing it for sport and uh, performance and get into tangible practices to make your breath a bit more efficacious. Hope you guys enjoy. I know that you do that with the breath in part. So if you squeeze your PC muscles to hold back an orgasm, you should be doing it on the exhale part of the breath. Thank you so much for tuning in to the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can grab yourself the show notes for this and every other episode where we include detailed descriptions and links to any person mentioned, book mentioned, anything that is Googleable. You will find it on that thing. Um, I got a quote. Quote is coming from Mr. Jung, Carl Jung, and it goes something like this. Shame is the swampland of the soul. I like that. Shame is the swampland of the soul. I'm reading a book by uh, Brene Brown right now, and really, really nice just perspectives on whether we realize it or not, so many of us are carrying shame around this world, even if it's, I was talking to someone last night about growing up and having money. How many of us have shame about having too much? How many of us have shame about having too little? What is this shame thing? Very interesting. Um, thank you so much, Ample Meal, for supporting this podcast. You guys are rad. Um, Ample Meal is a comprehensive full meal designed to provide quality fuel when you don't have time to sit down in a restaurant or Whole Foods or something. So really good stuff. It's got all the fats you need. I'll read a little write-up of what's got in here. Organic chlorella, wheatgrass, barley grass, various different types of fiber, uh, collagen, various fats from mac nut, coconut, chia seed. Really great stuff. Comes in a bottle. Throw some water in there. Boom. Fill it up. Tastes delicious. And you can get yourself 15% off using the Align code. Go to amplemeal.com. Press in that align code 15% off on any order for the rest of your days. Utilize that thing. Um, I am here in Oregon, heading to the Oregon Eclipse Festival here in a few days. I'm back in my place, sleeping in my teepee on the property here in Bend, Oregon. Super, super grateful to do that. If you guys ever have a chance, sleep in a teepee. It's like, it's the best, best sleep you'll ever get. Um, sleep outside in general. Get a mat. Lay on the ground as much as you can. It's good for you. And uh, if you guys leave any reviews on iTunes and we read your review, we will be sure to send you out a box from Four Sigmatic of delicious mushrooms. I just got one from the Undomesticated Life, who I believe she has a podcast as well. I think she just asked me to be on it, actually. Um, if I had ever had to choose one podcast, there is no doubt that Aaron Alexander's Lime Podcast would be my number one. It is informative, but also fun and playful. Unlike most health media, the podcast does not regurgitate weight loss and diet stories ad nauseum. No, this is a thinking person's health podcast. And then it goes on. Really, uh, this review actually brought a tear to my eye. Thank you so much for that, Undomesticated Life. Um, all right, so hit me up on the social media, Undomesticated Life. We'll get you out some mushrooms. Anybody else leaving reviews, we'll hit you up with some mushies. It'd be great. Here we go. Back to the show with uh, Miss Belisa Varanich. Hopefully see you guys at the Oregon Eclipse Festival and Ancestral Health Symposium in Seattle. Boom, boom. Align podcast. 
shutting the door here. Shut the door. Shut the door. Shut the back door. Shut the front door. What are we going to talk about? Ev- anything and everything you want to. <laughs> I no holes barred. This is the no holes barred edition. You were a sexpert. Oh yeah, you Once had to go there, right? Once a sexpert, no holes barred, and he thinks sexpert. What's what a sexpert? A always, always a sexpert. <laughs> what is your favorite sexual position? No, I'm just sorry. What? <laughs> what was that? What was the 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 sexpert thing? The sexpert was. You know what? I've had all kinds of jobs. I've had um, a bit of vocational ADD. So I would have a job and then get really good at it and then think, well, I want to learn something else. And I'm sure that sounds familiar to you as well. And then go on to another, all within psychology. But I would do something and then think, okay, great. Now I want to learn something else. You know, I've gotten sort of to where I want to be in, the, in this particular field and I'd go on to something else. So psych related in that um, the, the magazine, it was Men's Fitness, wanted someone with a mental health background with a degree, but they wanted someone who could talk about sex and health. So I remember when I went into the interview, I thought, well, yeah, I don't know if I'm qualified for this. Um, I don't have a degree in um, sexuality, human sexuality or whatever. But anyway, I didn't realize it was going to be more popular questions about sex. And, you know, so it was a lot of fun. It was two years of sitting next to uh, Sean Heisen, of course, who was writing article upon article of how to get jacked and ripped in two weeks. And I was getting questions about penis size and, you know, all kinds of fun stuff like that. So, but I maxed out on that and went on to the next thing. What did you learn from that, that uh, experience? Uh, lots of things. Um, I learned, well, I was also at that same time I was writing for Fox News's website on, um, on sexual health, it was consensual to adults, so on and so forth. But still, I got a lot of anger. People were mm. really angry. I learned that, um, uh, that it's a very much more, it's a hot topic and that people can get, um, you know, up in arms about it, depending on your opinion on things. So that was getting a lot of hate mail from uh, um, Fox News, and I got a lot of, like, love mail, if that's the proper term, from the men's fitness community. Um, So that was kind of interesting. But people can have really heated reactions, so I I had to learn um, maybe to tone it down a little bit. Maybe mm. to tone it down a little bit. But I realized that a lot of people weren't having sex. I definitely, it's kind of interesting. We think that everybody's having sex. And there's a lot of couples out there that are not having sex, that haven't had good sex in a long time. And that made me sad. Because I think that good sex is just good for your, you know, your body, your mind, and your soul. And you cut yourself off from part of yourself um, if you're not having good sex. Yeah. You know, and... If you don't love the person you're with, then you cut part of yourself off as well because you don't get to love them and they don't love you back. So it's a big, it's a crazy state of affairs. I've heard something's coming to mind now that's, I think, like some French term, something like like petite morte or morte petite mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like little death. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the description of of having an orgasm is being like a little a little death in a way. I was, I was kind of like a letting go and a purging. And I, I was talking yeah. to, to Jack Cruz, who's like been a popular one on this podcast. And we just, we did a com- conversation yesterday and just getting into like, it's people h- having a closed container that leads to disease. Mm-hmm. If you're porous and you're able to purge mm-hmm. the garbage of the day, mm-hmm. every day, every moment, mm-hmm. stuff doesn't stick. Yeah. You know, so something like an orgasm or yeah. breath. Yeah. Is like that, you know, that, that petite, petite mort. I'm not saying that right, but whatever that. <laughs> and both of them together are even better, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I remember I got to be, you know, tell people just like if you're not having good sex, at least masturbate. And that was just, <laughs> people got very upset because masturbating seems to be a topic that, you know, you can feel really strongly for or against for some reason. Right. But um, yeah, and in, um, you know, there's some schools of thought that feel, that say that, for men ejaculating, you're using up energy. You're giving away energy. Um, and that for women, you give away that same energy when you menstruate. I don't know, you know, I don't know enough about that to tell you science behind that, but that's also a theory. What yeah. about, what about, I'm sure you've had the question of, I guess, depending upon the magazine, but of um, holding your ejaculation as opposed to actually having like a fluid ejaculation, still sure. having an orgasm, but, sure. but not. Brimming, yeah. What do you call it? Rimming, I think it's what it's rimming. called. I think it's rimming. 
or brimming. Have but you it's ever when heard you of soaking? Or I think soaking. It's a Mormon term. No. Where you just put so you're not allowed to have like actual sex. Yeah. Sex. Yeah. So they would just have a have a soak, where they just put the p the p in the v and just don't move it. <laughs> that sounds brutal. I mean, it sounds like a really good <laughs> mental exercise. I think anal's fine too. That's crazy because you know when you say just one inch or just a soak, ah, just yeah, a soak. just a soak. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah. But yeah, so the holding of the, holding of the ejaculate versus. Do you have any insights on well, that? Well, you know what what does happen is that it makes your um your your PC muscles really strong. Mm. So which is really good. You want a strong pelvic floor. Your your PC muscles and those muscles aren't the only muscles in your pelvic floor, but being able to hold your orgasm longer definitely makes for a better ejaculation and obviously possibly more fun for the other person that you're with if you can go longer if if that's what they want um so definitely stronger muscles and more control over your orgasm um but uh, yeah i mean that's pretty much <laughs> i know that you do that with the breath in part so if you squeeze your pc muscles to hold back an orgasm you should be doing it on the exhale part of the breath um, and you can practice for that, actually. You can practice, and I did used to talk about this back when I was a sex and health editor, is that what you do is that when you have an erection, you put um, a hand towel over your erection, and you, you do Kegels so that you move the hand towel and your penis, obviously, up and down by squeezing your PC muscles. So it's, it kind of feels Jimmy, Jim-like in that way, mm. right? Um, and then you graduate to bigger bigger towels till you, I always <laughs> would kid around, I don't know anybody who's done this, who has a, you know, one of those huge bath towels wet and can do, you know, the penis movements up oh. and down. But um, having strong muscles, having strong PC muscles, all having strong muscles and, and flexible muscles is certainly a very good thing. And you should be doing it on, if you're deciding to do this, um, gentlemen, you should be doing that squeeze of your PC muscles with the exhale. Too many people will squeeze their PC muscles, uh, which is pretty much a Kegel, on the inhale. If you really want a good uh, contraction, um, be doing it right, is you squeeze and you exhale. I'm yeah. rattling my brain on PC. Is that like pubococcygeal or pubo? Yeah, it's got a, it's a long is? word. It's <laughs> a long word it's with like a lots of syllables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so the Kegels. That's what was that? Abraham Kegel, 1948. Look at you, thank Kegel you very, nerd. Thank you very much. I swear I didn't have that. Well, I wrote wow. that down actually, but but not in intention of using that now. But well, we I got it out of your book. You Breathe. Got it, you got it out of yeah. You, thank me- you you mentioned it in there. Thank you. Yeah, I should remember it, given that I put it in there, but I don't. When was the book yeah. written? Uh, mine was uh, just a couple months ago, end of December. Okay. Yeah. I was going to let you off the hook, but no, yeah. you should still have that. Yeah, I should know that. That I should know. It was <laughs> rough, just man. editing that section, actually. Um, so, you know what? I want to bring this back to <laughs> to lifting is that uh, Kegels and PC muscles, you'll be, you might have heard, like if you are a, a gym kind of nerd, and I am, is that um, you zipper up right, to be able to get that intrathoracic pressure that you want, you zipper up. And too many people don't zipper. They'll tell you zipper from the rectum up, which is, in fact, a, a, a squeeze of the PC that we we're just talking about. But too many people will zip up as if it was a hoodie, and it's from their belly button up the front of their bodies. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So this is actually relevant to fitness in that if you want to be creating that interabdominal pressure, when you zip up, it has to be from your rectum all the way up the front of you, contracting your entire body to get that intrathoracic pressure that you want to protect your spine when you're working out. So We used that analogy before when we were working together just a minute ago yeah. of, of ballet terms. It's you know, knitting up the abdomen mm-hmm. or gymnastic terms. It's hollow, hollow position, hollow body. Zipping up is There's another, another one. What was the marriage? The marriage of... Oh, that was just something I said. Marrying the pelvis with the ribs. Yeah. You know, making maintaining Aww. that connection. So many people in that suite. Knitting and marrying. Yeah, How that, sweet. That, yeah. <laughs> I know. We need like something more punk rock yeah. than that. Um, but, but so how does one start? First, two, two questions. One, what's the point of that? What's the value of that for everything you know but your your physiology in general is going to say like but it's like almost anything but then too like what are 
practices that one can start right now to really get a sense of what the zipping is and how I actually feel at my body like this moment. Is mm -hmm. that possible? Well, you want to do the zipping and, and the zipping really is one of the parts of getting intrathoracic pressure. One of the things you do when you breathe a horizontal breath, and you know this from my book, is that I, I very simply divide people into vertical breathers and horizontal breathers. There are mixed breathers, but it's not a lot of people. A lot of folks think they are horizontal breathers. They're using their diaphragm. And then when they come in, I look at them, they're absolutely not not using their diaphragm. They're doing all kinds of other things. Uh, but like I said, most people are vertical breathers, nine out of 10, probably a little bit more. If you're really gonna breathe horizontally using the best part of your lungs, you're going to relax the middle of your body, your belly, and then on the exhale, your body narrows. Now, if you want to, when you're lifting up something, be that a box, be it a baby, be it, you know, uh, of squatting at the gym, you're going to want to protect your spine. So you're going to want to inhale, then brace your body. Most people say tighten the front of your body as if you're going to take a punch. Well, that's part of it, but really you want to tighten your body and contract it all the way around and particularly your pelvic floor. So you want the entire base of your body to be contracted and holding that air, pressing against your spine so that you know, you don't have any discs bulging or injuries or things like that. It sounds easier than it is, and it probably sounds complicated. So doing it a few times, <laughs> yeah, damn it, <laughs> <I was laughs> <laughs> is that most people are not doing Valsalva right. They're really not. They're not protecting their spine the way they should. And there is literature that shows that when you are an apical or vertical breather, there's more chances of you having... Uh, slip discs or bulging discs. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly because you should be, when you're picking up something, you should be creating this tension that stays in the lower part of your body. Most people will take a big breath in and you'll watch them. They'll do a breath a lot like if you were going to pose, you know, flex and pose. You inhale and then puff up your chest and hollow out your belly. If you're lifting that way, there is no intrathoracic pressure going right. on. And there's actually, I read a great article on uh, T Nation of all places, <laughs> but that's where you would read an article like this, is that talked about is bracing better for your lift or is hollowing out? If you're hollowing out your belly and you're getting that like beautiful C shape, is that, yeah, it looks good, but it's completely useless for lifting and you don't have any pressure on your spine and you're going to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like filling, you, you don't, by having that, that open vacuous space, there's more room for air. You know, it's kind of like packing. If you're sending a package, as the analogy is popping up in my head, you want to make sure that there's not the ability for that fragile thing in the middle, mm -hmm. and this being your spine, yeah. to rattle around the box. Yeah. So that breath, as you're air packing, yes. you're filling in the insulation to protect yourself. I like that. So I, it's those little squiggly things. The you. air is the squiggly things that you get in the box. Yeah. yeah or the air packing that comes in your box. Yeah. yeah that's exactly it. So too often you'll see if you're taking a deep breath in and then puffing up your chest because it makes you feel strong. So you're going into, you know, that power pose of feel strong. It's not, it may be psychologically helping you feel strong, but it's not so good. The other theory is that, um, that you push against your belt. Like, so if you're lifting really a power lifter, that you push against the belt to get the intrathoracic pressure. Now the problem with that is that if you're not contracting your pelvic floor, everything is pushing down on your pelvic floor. And your pelvic floor is, is a combination of a lot of uh, different muscles. It's not just one huge muscle in the bottom of your body. It's actually overlapping pieces of muscle. It's a little fragile, and you should not be bearing down it all the time. Yeah. So most of I've heard people say it feels like uh, it's like not a pretty analogy of like, like you need to poop. Actually, it was worse than that. But like you feel this bulging in your rectum going down on your body. The pink That's sock. actually the pink sock. Not good. But even if you don't have pink sock yet, <laughs> don't look it up at work. Rectal prolapse. Yeah, rectal prolapse is that if you're feeling a bulge in the bottom part of your body, that's already you putting yourself um, at risk for, for pelvic floor herniation, which then leads to, you know, leaking when you laugh and giggle and, and you're not as good of an erection as you want and, uh, you know, eventually adult diapers, which no one looks cute at. Right. In, yeah, so. The pink sock, is that like a, 
a, a, a sexual myth or is that a thing that can really happen? No, that can expert? definitely happen. If you, and it's not sexually, it's, it's a, uh, no, it's but the sexual, gym. I've, I've, I've only yeah. heard, I've only heard it like in joking terms, yeah. in like high school talking about the pink sock yeah. being a sex thing. So when you no. take, you take the, the, take it out, all of a sudden you got this, this pink sock on your well, what it what it is is that you have rectal prolapse, so all the organs oh. from the inside of your body fall out of your body, and it looks like a sock. Yeah, and then you got to you know shove it back in. But would that yeah. happen? I mean, this is this is not very on topic at yeah. all. But would that happen? F- can that happen from sex, or is that no. all, are you going to need like heavy loads? I haven't heard it happening from sex, even though who that knows? There's so the many joke. crazy things around. Um, but I have heard it uh you know obviously when you're lifting if you're pushing so you know you're bearing down and pushing like you're pooping i guess that's a good analogy if we're going to go there yep. it's that same bearing down of pushing and you're doing that holding a lots of weight every single day those muscles are going to not be able to hold all that because they weren't meant to they right. weren't mo- meant to have you bearing down on them all the time well, that kind of so. gets into like functional pooping versus dysfunctional pooping dysfunctional you know, pooping so not so good if you don't have your knees up you don't actually start to, to lengthen out the rectum exactly. and all of a sudden you're putting this undue pressure down there so potty things like squatting. hemorrhoids yeah. potty squatting, or you can go next level advanced poop yeah. ninja yeah. and just stand up on the toilet seat like a man wow or like a woman. do you do that Every day for the last several years. Get out. I've, 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 if I poo with my feet on the ground, yeah, it's like there's something. It's because I think I'm going to break the toilet seat yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like a friend's house. Sure, sure. But even still, a friend's house <laughs> I, is like... I'm, getting, I'm, I'm thinking this has thing, happened, right? The first thing... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It happened you recently. you leave in my toilet seat. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Recently it happened, actually. Um, you know, but yeah, so I'll, I'll give like the toilet seat a good one of these yeah, yeah. and kind of like feel it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, we're good. And then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of perch Ooh, myself ninja. up there. We just recorded a video about it. It'll be out wow. soon. Yeah, we'll put it up on YouTube slash Instagram. Tune in, breaking down all the, the nice. all like the intimate details of nice. you know the puborectal angle and the you know Love or the that. anorectal angle rather. Well, think about birthing. In in traditional birthing, they put you at an angle where it's impossible yeah. not to have yeah. all kinds of bad things happen to your pelvic floor because it's not the angle the baby was meant to come out at. So if you're squatting or in a position that's better for you know the way it should be, where baby's head is going to come out, you're not going to need an episiotomy, which is the worst thing ever. And the episiotomy is when they actually cut uh, to have it easier for the baby to come out. But then again, I think that's more about the doctor in the hospital. This is a graphic conversation. Than anything else. This is, we're going to have to rate this, you know, <laughs> something other than... They're all explicit, yeah. but I need like an extra explicit one. You need an extra one. explicit one on this yeah, one, yeah. I'm, I'm but I have to tell you, speaking of poop, is that I yeah. always ask when I have somebody come in to see me, is I, and actually I've done it in, in uh, groups of people as well, is that one of the first questions I ask is, how often do you poop? Because if you're not pooping every day, your body's toxic. And if you're coming to me because you have anxiety and breathing problems and so on and so forth, but you're not pooping every day, we got to fix that first, which is actually fairly easy. And then the opposite side of that spectrum is that you have IBS, where you have uncontrolled poop. Regardless, the breath and obvious good nutrition helps with both of those things. So yeah. just adding on to your ninja poop story there. It's, it's interesting, that the concept. I think that I'm becoming more open to these ideas. I mean, now I'm like, I've like fully eaten the red pill or whatever uh, of these ideas of your poo is a representation of your emotional self mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are, I mean, you could say like the colors and all that stuff, that's like, you know, a lot of things dietary. But if you're holding on to your poo, mm-hmm. then there's a nervous system, emotional something, some or IBS, you mm-hmm. know, if, you, if you're if you irritated in your intestines, they call it your second brain, mm-hmm. your dopamine, you know, all these things. It's like, it's, it's a part of your, mm-hmm. your emotional self down there. So I think the idea of maybe not being able to move your poo could, potentially be some backdoor connection of like not being able to move there's so many puns here yeah (laughs) yeah right uh yeah and freud would absolutely agree with you i mean when you had someone who was anal retentive you know are they constipated (laughs) anal retentive or anal expulsive being anal wasn't one or the other but it definitely had to do with that and think of the metaphors we have someone who's full of shit Someone who's pissed off. Right. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to put a graphic on this. Yeah, no, keep going. Keep going, right? But think of that. Like, there we go. I mean, we have lots of analogies that make perfect sense with your body. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. And that's, there's a a great book out there. And um, someone stole it from me. 
and it's uh, Don't Put Noodles Over Your Ears, I think it's called. And it's about different cliches and different metaphors in different languages mm. and, you know, where they came from and what they mean. And it's fascinating because that's a, a, that's a translation of a Russian, something they say in Russian about, like, stop yanking my chain. Don't put noodles over my ears. I may be wrong about the exact translation of it. But analogies like that are so interesting. They're legit. Yeah. 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 Your cap's on too tight. We were just doing a session before and we were working with your, <laughs> we called it your, your uh, oh, all of a sudden I'm spacing the term for it, your uh, Gallia aponeurotica. What is that? The fascia. I said this to you, oh, you moments did? ago. The Gallia. Oh, yes, of yeah. course. The Gallia aponeurotica. You have to nice. kind of, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the connective tissue around your scalp. Yeah. Right, and so if that connective tissue around your scalp is tight, yeah, then you're probably going to feel a little bit uptight. You yep. might feel a little bit more stressed. You yep. might feel like the analogy, mm -hmm. "Wow, my cap's on too tight." Yep. Right. Yep. You know, and so yeah. I I literally see slash feel this with people on a daily basis. Yeah. However often I see clients, yeah. I see clients like two or three days a week. So on a two to three days a week basis, I feel this. Mm -hmm. People that are stressed in their body will. I can I can pretty much judge from talking to someone, being with someone, parts of their body that are going to be kind of tense, and that that your caps on too tight is a is a is an area with people. The you know, with the breath, I look. I've been studying posture more and more. And again, I have a background as a clinical psychologist, not as a a chiropractor, as a physical therapist. So when it gets complicated, I definitely refer to people who are much smarter than I am in that. Um, but posture is fascinating to me because you can tell so much. If someone's in a yeah. bravado posture, what are they making up for? Yeah. If someone is in this sort of deflated posture, a, a rib-gripping posture, what does that mean? But you can tell so much. Also adding the breath, is it someone that sips, that barely feels like they have the right to take a deep breath? Mm. Is it someone that's so scared that they, they've been holding their breath? You know, actually chronically for years they've been holding their breath. Or is it someone who has that paradoxical style that's really bad for you and your organs and your entire body? Like what what's going on that you breathe that way? So if you combine posture and, you know, looking at the way someone breathes, it tells you so much information. Mm. I really like that. Yeah. The, the, being, the unwillingness to take in a breath because you don't deserve it. You know, wild, because um, I just read an article about um, classic literature on breathing talks a lot about overbreathing and a lot of us do overbreathe and overbreathing is pretty much that you breathe too fast too shallow and often through your mouth so there's a lot of people that that fit in that category however i really think that in the last you know 15 20 years we're seeing a whole new brand of people that do not breathe enough and an article just came out and i was brought it up to my students we just had a master class with all my advanced students up in san francisco and the article said is breathing too slow something that's happening now more than ever and my opinion is that it's so hard to tell really what someone's breath rate is because mm -hmm. as soon as you're looking at them or as soon as they look at themselves, it changes. And if you have someone who just hovers, just sips in air, or if you have someone who is, uh, is a breath holder, it's really hard to see when they're breathing. So if you do finally get a breath count for how many breaths they take a minute, it's a very low number. It's a four breaths a minute or five. So it's not that they're breathing five times a minute, which is actually a good rate to breathe in. It's that they're taking these tiny breaths and holding their breath so that it seems like they're actually breathing very, very slow. And it's just that they're not breathing at all. Slow breathing is actually good. If you're taking in the, the, the best breath you can take is five seconds in, five seconds out. Mm. That's the best breath. It gives you the most heart rate variability, the most resonance. Um, that's when your breathing and your heart and your lungs are all talking to each other. But breath holding is terrible, and it comes from being scared or being stressed out. It's that modern, modern predatory state in front of your computer when you're just trying to get stuff done, and then you're running home, and then you're running somewhere else, and you're trying to make phone calls in between, and you're just holding your breath until you get things done, but your list never ends. Mm. So, yeah. What about parasympathetic sympathetic? So something I've I've heard 
slash felt myself is upon the breath out, you're activating more of that parasympathetic side of your nervous system. Upon the breathing in, you're activating more of that sympathetic yeah. part. Both of them, there's no villains in this. We villainize the mm -hmm. sympathetic because most people kind of are like maybe mm -hmm. a little stuck. Mm -hmm. But is there any kind of like recipe or concoction we can think of for people with that? You know, that's where heart math comes in. Um, but it's such a detail when you have so much dysfunction. Most of us are breathing so badly that I don't even think about you know, what happens during the inhale and the exhale, because I just like the inhale and the exhale first to be in the right place of your body. Mm. First, I want you using your diaphragm. Then we can talk about what happens during the inhale and the exhale. But the fact is that most of us are breathing vertically, which is in a fight and flight. So whether our in what's going on in the inhale and exhale doesn't matter because all our breaths are in a sympathetic anyway. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So move it to the lower part of your body. Use your diaphragm. That way your nervous system hears parasympathetic. So it will be in parasympathetic now. On the inhale and the exhale, will it be a little bit of more, in the, more of one or the other? Yes. But at least most of the time you'll be in rest and digest. Hmm. And I have to bring this up because um, someone uh, brought this up during master class was that we don't talk about freeze. So we talk about... Um, fight or flight, yeah. which is the vertical breath. It's kind of the state we're all in now with high cortisol, high blood pressure, so on and so forth. Or parasympathetic, which most people are now starting to remember that parasympathetic um, lower body breath with the diaphragm is rest or digest. So you have fight or flight or rest or digest, depending on where you're breathing from, okay? Regardless of what you're thinking, regardless of what's growing up, gr um, blowing up around you. So keep that breath in the lower part of your body. But one of the things that happens, and, and it's what causes PTSD, um, it's at least one of the big factors around PTSD, is that if something bad happens around you, okay, something blows up, accident, whatever's going on that, that scares or traumatizes you, you can go into fight and flight, but you can always go into freeze as well. And freeze is holding your breath, exactly what you were talking about, breath holding. Holding so your bowels holding your bowels, you your whole body completely just gets stuck and constricted and frozen. So one of the ways to unfreeze is through the breath. In fact, it's probably the most efficient way to unfreeze that place and start chipping through the PTSD, the anxiety, the depression, which is why when you get people starting to breathe with a lower body breath and taking big breaths, yes, some of it may be oxygen, not really a lot of it, but more of it is being able to unfreeze your body to take that parasympathetic breath that really helps you get into that relaxed state when you've been traumatized for a very long time. Mm. Do you know Stephen Porges, polyvagal theory? I do. With that we, oh, we've talked about Oh, that. we have. Yeah. Right, perfect. Yeah, so he's, Stephen, I hope you're listening because I've been trying to get a hold of you and I don't know how to find your email. So if anybody knows how to get a hold of, do you know how to get a hold no, of Stephen? No, but Stephen, call me too because, <laughs> you know, my friend Aaron needs your <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> what a noble gesture. Um, but yeah, so he, one of the things that, uh, getting back to the the get the IBS and, you know, like the, the lack of, of movement movement, the, that freeze state, mm -hmm. I think that that comes into the analogy of the container. If your container is locked, then stuff goes in but mm -hmm. can't come out, mm -hmm. and then I think disease manifests. Absolutely. And so it's, it's, it's witnessing how often are we stuck in a freeze state, mm -hmm. and we don't even realize it. You yeah. know, how do you know what you don't know kind of thing. It's yeah. like, oh, I think I'm fine. It's like, yeah. dude, you've never really stepped back enough to witness yourself yeah. and see where you're at. Yeah. How do we step back and witness ourselves in the yeah. first place is, is is the question wanted to take a break and thank four sigmatic for supporting this podcast as you guys know if you leave a review on itunes we and we read the review we will send you out a box of mushrooms from those guys four sigmatic is a radical company where they infuse various different medicinal mushrooms into teas and coffees saying things like reishi and maitake and cordyceps and all the ones people like tim ferris and all the guys are getting down on it i love this stuff use it every day get yourself 10 percent off at foursigmatic.com slash align 10% off for sigmatic f-o-u-r-s-i-g-m-a-t-i-c dot com slash align here we go back to the show thank you here's the question and, and sometimes that that contained state if I, if i'm going to put that sort of in, in, in other words yeah. is bracing 
And most of us feel better when we're bracing. And it just is this, this feeling of being ready. So if right now you just all of a sudden just go like, okay, I'm going to be ready for this. And you watch yourself, you clench your fists, you sort of clench your body. Now, that's good if you have to run or punch, you know, for a minute or two or, or maybe you know, five rounds if it's a title belt. Right. But um, if it's the rest of the day, you need to relax your body to be able to breathe, to be able to, you know, get rid of every, all the garbage in the container. And the problem is that we're bracing all the time. And that brace is bad for your back. It's bad for your brain. Um, and it just drives your cortisol through the roof. Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. They're sure going to make a lot of money, man. They're making a lot of money on that. Who do you yeah. think would, would win? I mean, I, th I feel like it seems like you hear enough people make it sound so obvious who would win. But do you have any opinion? Yeah. yeah. You pay attention to fighting and stuff, right? Yeah, I no, I, I love it. Except um, I think it's such a weird combination and such an obvious possible result, possible result that, um, you know, I'm not going to. I really like, I love MMA. You know, really, and actually, hey, I need to tell you this is that um, we just did a case study with a kid. It was really interesting. Who's a, a starting out now? He's going to go pro soon. Big guy, two hundred sixty-five pounds, twenty-two years old. It's going to be really good. But I brought him in as a case study for my teacher training, mm. and it was wild to take his breathing. That was really bad, but he's still at an age where it's not affecting him because it's not going to affect him till he's about twenty-nine and fix his breathing so that he has better strength endurance and conditioning so just wild before it starts get, before he comes to me because it's broken or right. because he wants better was to keep see what his numbers are at 22 and now keep his numbers so that he can have 22 year old lungs throughout his career which is totally possible <coughs> yeah really was like fascinating to see yeah i'm coming up with this manifest manifesto of what it means to be in the aligned tribe you know kind of like create community yeah. culture around yeah. this this idea of you know, every moment it's an opportunity to be better in your body and your mm -hmm. mind. We're always practicing ourselves, all mm -hmm. that. And one of the points of the manifesto yeah. is that we think about prehab instead of rehab. Nice. You know, and so it's that concept of like we're always preparing ourselves. Yeah. You know, and so that breath, that is some of the lowest hanging fruit for people that yeah. we just never access. No. Because we're thinking about our freaking biceps and our yeah. abs yeah. or like our sprint time or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And we just get caught up in those those quantifiable numbers yeah. and we miss more of that, that qualitative state, which leads, that's the foundation yeah. of the quantifiable stuff. No, and I talk to people about your diaphragm. It's, it's a huge muscle in your body, huge, all right? And you're all worried about, you know, your triceps and your calves. That this muscle in the middle of your body is the most important muscle. I know your heart's important, blah, blah. However, your diaphragm supports your body as far as, as posture, right? If you're an athlete, it helps you stay upright or in whatever posture that you want to be. Um, and it's your primary breathing muscle, and it's your primary muscle of circulation. So to get the blood through your body in all different places, to get the lymph out of your body as well, diaphragm it's all about the diaphragm mm. i'm gonna make a t-shirt it's all about the diaphragm mm. because it does those three things which are what keep you at optimal you can keep yourself at functional and suboptimal with breathing with your neck and shoulders but if you really want to live a long time well and optimize everything in your body and i hate using the word optimize because i feel like <laughs> it's like that word that everybody uses. cells everything <laughs> optimizing everything <laughs> just yeah uh is that yeah? You need to read with your diaphragm because it gets better. It gets ridder of toxins. <laughs> yeah, it gets I'm trying to get rid of that. It gets stuff. rid. It gets rid better of toxins. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's. I think that worked. Yeah, that worked. Yeah, that yeah. worked. This is uh, explicit. We can go anywhere. We can, we can go anywhere. We can mispronounce. We can make up words. Excellent. That's what rappers do. It's true. And then it becomes like ultra legit once you yeah. make up the word. It's like that was so much. I think Which we should one? do that more. I I don't I can't think of anything offhand. I was just listening to some rap yesterday yeah. as I was I was waxing my waxing my Prius. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the gnarliest gangster rap yeah. as I'm just like polishing my <laughs> hybrid. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. No, there's some there's some rap with like great intelligent <laughs> lyrics, but you know, there's definitely some uh what's the word? There was yeah, they they come up every year where one or two words where people could just completely take it and make it their own. Myself is is an example. It's not a rapper example, but myself is the one that makes me crazy. Mm. If you are saying myself 
more than once a day, you're saying it wrong. Myself, say, what do you mean, myself? Well, myself, people will say, um, Aaron and myself, wrong. That's just you oh, showing us right. that you don't know whether to say me or I. Right. So you only use myself. And I was an editor, so this stuff would make me crazy. Yeah. Is that you only use myself when it's reflexive. Mm. So I baked the cake myself. Right. So did Aaron make, help you make it? No, I baked the cake myself, all by myself. Or I bought myself a thong. <laughs> did Aaron buy you the thong? No. I was just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> you were just saying that? <laughs> I bought, you know, myself a thong from me. Right. I bought it from me. So it's only reflexive. In every other case, you're using me or I. Yeah. In but all of a sudden, myself got really popular, uh, you know, a year ago. And you have people using it thinking they sound really smart. And it's, no, no. Isn't this great how we're mirroring each other right now? You ever notice that in conversations with people? That's the difference between someone that's able to communicate well with someone and someone that's not. Is yeah. this, this is something I, I find interesting is, is the fitness of empathy. Yeah. Right? Ooh. You know, so if you're able to take yourself through a wide variety of physical motions and yeah. facial gestures and yeah. affects and all that yeah. stuff, then all of a sudden you're able to communicate to a broader spectrum of human. Oh, but if you're stuck in just one specific position and yeah. all the time I say like, you know, like your cowboy guy, you know, you yeah. got the boots and the spurs and the cowboy yeah. and you kind of have like that one mode. Yeah. You pretty much only connect with other cowboy guys. Interesting. But if you have that ability to like, okay, cool, one of us is doing the splits right now. It's yeah. like, I'll just kind of find myself in that position as well. So would that mean that yogis and dancers are more, yes. have a wider range? Of Unless they're pretentious, stuck up, yeah. wrapped up <laughs> in hypermobility, ah. right? So then that's another thing. If you're a hypermobile person, yeah. then you won't have the ability to communicate with highly stable people. So That's if you're an Olympic lifting, yeah. ballet dancing, Whoa. you know, soccer playing, surf yeah. having badass, yeah. then I'm not describing myself in that, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but someone that does a lot you're of... you talking about me. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, but someone that does a lot of sport, yeah. right, and does a lot of activities and yeah. does improv and all that yeah. stuff, that person will be more adaptable. And that person will be able to walk into any room and be able to find these weird, funny connections with people. Yeah, yeah. And that's not 100%. Because sometimes you do find people that are kind of, they have this certain like air around them that it's like, mm -hmm. oh, they're just like good with connecting and they're kind yeah, of yeah, really yeah. stiff. But yeah. is something, do you notice that at yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's because you have to be around different people when you do all those different things. And it makes you, it should make you listen and have all kinds of information yeah. rather than just one place you get information from one sort of person right yeah myopia yeah have that tunnel vision yeah 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 what uh the diaphragm i think the diaphragm is a very i haven't found it's it's like it's pretty complex this diaphragm and then it's also i think simple but anatomically it's function like what's like the the fundamentals that people need to know and should know about their sure. their diaphragm and how to really access that thing thank right you now. for asking that i mean i'm always breaking things down into bullet points because that's how i like things is it give me the three things i need to remember of this right. so you have to remember that your diaphragm is pretty much halfway let's say halfway between your nipples and your belly button okay if i'm going to you know generalize halfway between the two Ooh. Oh, we blowing up. Uh-oh. That's a nice ringer. That is a nice ringer. On your little pink pink satchel around your phone. It is satchel because I, that's so next, I'll tell you that's yesterday. That's next level. As my, as my <laughs> phone is blowing up, can I go over there and turn that damn thing off? Um, How do I here, do that? I'll, here, you just whistle into the phone and I'll okay. take my things up. Okay, good. So my phone is going off and I'm so sorry about that. So it's off, right? So yesterday I uh, lose my phone, which is... You know, ev as the years go by, it's even more critical. Every time you lose your phone, you realize how attached you are to this dumb device and your whole world is in it. And I'm going to try to fix that now. Mm. But um, someone had an, an accident on Rose and Main, uh, on a bike accident. So I saw her fall. I went down. I picked up. Everybody picked up stuff. And then I walked away, and I didn't have my phone with me. So what was interesting was that when this woman went down, people went over to help her, and some uh, someone... I put my phone down to help her, and someone took the phone and put it back in her uh, basket of her uh, bicycle. Mm. So I get a call about, well, I don't get a call. I got an email about an hour later saying, I think I stole your phone. I'm so sorry. I was the woman that fell on the street. At least so you didn't Instagram yourself as you're doing it. Like exactly. Like helping a pedestrian. Exactly. Hashtag I'm Hashtag awesome. Hashtag I'm yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, gratitude. 
Yeah, that totally would have been yeah. it. So okay. Diaphragm, diaphragm bullet points. Diaphragm bullet points is first notice where it is. So it is halfway between your nipple and your belly button. So just realize that you have a frisbee. It's really the size of a frisbee, a big frisbee in the middle of your body. It goes across your body. Okay, so it's helping you stand up straight. It's helping your posture. It's helping your balance as well. So huge muscle. Now on the inhale, it tries to push your ribs open. Okay, and it tries to push your ribs open. It's actually the placement of it is really excellent. Whoever made this thing <laughs> up did it so well. Who was that anyway? <laughs> Who was that? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it tries to open up your ribs in that part of your body because the biggest part of your lungs are there. So don't raise your shoulders, just expand. Now, no one wants to take a belly breath, okay? I get it. No one wants to have a big belly. But for the beginning part of things, when you're just getting your diaphragm, you know, uh, to realize that it's allowed to work, take a belly breath. Inhale, let your belly expand, and your diaphragm is going to follow your body by association. Flatten out, try to push your ribs open. Now, you'll notice if you are wearing a sports bra, not you, if, if we ladies, if you're wearing a sports bra, or even guys, if you're wearing compression garments, that you will feel your body push against the compression garments. That's good. On the exhale, you want your body to narrow and come away from your bra strap or come away from your compression garment. And your shoulders don't move. That's the right way to breathe. And if you breathe that way, you're helping your spine. You're taking a much more efficient breath and you need an efficient breath if you're doing a sport where you don't want to where you're wanting to save energy but you're also making your core muscles really strong by focusing on that exhale the most the biggest mistake people make is they inhale they go up and they exhale and they collapse inhale and exhale collapse that collapse is what leads to that collapsed body posture that we were talking about it's rib gripping sort of when you see everybody's middle sort of collapse into the middle and and not be straight and then it affects your spine so when you inhale up and exhale down collapsing it's bad for your posture it's bad for your breathing so diaphragm in the middle of your body on the inhale it's trying to spread it's trying to get your ribs your back and your belly to open up a little bit and on the exhale, your whole body should narrow. And you're using your abs to have your whole body narrow. And if you can add your hips into that, on the inhale, tipping forwards a little bit, bumping your butt back. And on the exhale, taking your tailbone so that it goes underneath you and squeezing. It's sort of like what you do in cat-cow and yoga. That's a beautiful breath using your diaphragm. And if you let it do that and you strengthen it, and you bring awareness to it, and you take care of it, it's going to help your balance, your posture, your circulation, and your breathing. What do you think about what I'm doing right now? I have a band wrapped around my, my rib cage and breathing. Now I'm not breathing into it because I'm still in this out breath of talking. <laughs> but is that something that we could tinker with? Yes. Like wrapping something to actually f have that feedback exactly. all the way around? And I mean, that's something that the bra strap gives you, even though your diaphragm's lower than that. But what's nice is that you'll get the feedback from that. On the inhale, you push into the strap, which is good. Pushing into the strap as hard as you can, and you're giving yourself a little... That's really good because it's actually forcing your muscles to work harder. On the exhale, I want you to not only let go of the breath, but I want you to squeeze and almost see if you can get your body to fall away from the band. So the more you inhale and expand and the more you narrow on the exhale, the better that breath is. And again, just to bring circulation back, when you're breathing that way, it's making the blood full, uh, flow through your body faster and better. Um, so your heart doesn't have to work as hard. And it's also helping you detoxify, get the lymph out of your body, get, you know, anything <laughs> else out of your body that needs to be out by breathing that way. I literally feel this decompressing my spine. That's, I haven't actually done this before mm -hmm. with, the, with, with, with with this the band. band. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can literally feel space in, around my thoracic spine. That's an area for me that oftentimes gets a little gunky, as yeah. with, like, a lot of people. And that, that practice of really starting to breathe with all of your, your, uh, your lower ribs and all of your lower, your lower lungs and your belly and all that, it's starting to, I'm, I'm just mm -hmm. having that sensation right yeah. now, that space happening back through there. Yeah. And then as well as things beyond like this tan more tangible feeling now, but like blood pressure is, is a big one. Huge. I mean, and there's the most literature on medical problems and breathing um, is blood pressure. 
is the topic of blood pressure. There's a lot more coming out now. Over the last year, there's been a, actually a tremendous amount of literature on what can happen and what good things can happen when you start breathing diaphragmatically, horizontally. But blood pressure, there's been information on blood pressure for a really long time. It's actually a crime that when you go in for high blood pressure, that all you get is a prescription rather than getting taught Lessons. diaphragmatic breathing. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe a prescription to get you out of the red zone for a little while. But diaphragmatic breathing will change your blood pressure immediately. Mm. Immediately. Yeah. T uh, doctor means teacher, right? You know, so it's like that, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. You know, so now we've kind of, it's just, I was, again, talking with uh, Jack Cruz about this yesterday. And so these conversations are still kind of rattling around, but we were talking about just how we've been sold on outsourcing our health to pharmaceutical drugs mm. and to, you know, just reaching out for something to heal us and put our parts together as opposed to introspecting and looking and understanding how to work this human experience here, this human organism, you know, and so that things like this, like that, there's a, some quotes, I, I don't remember what it is, but like that, that's the doctor of the future. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the true teacher. It's gonna, I think it's going to come back around and I think that's happening right now. You know, like, you know, you are the doctor of the future, Aww. you know, and, and, and I think that that's something that we really need to come back to is finding that autonomy, you know, and, and confidence that like, you know what, like I'm the captain of this ship here. Yeah, of your body. You yeah. own it. And I mean, and that's part of my mission statement is that um, people feel so disempowered because they are. But if they take back their breathing and their breath, it can fix pretty much everything they're having problems with or at least make it a little bit better. And I don't own it. It's yours. I'm just reminding you of what you have. Yeah. It's not mine. I don't need to sell it to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not writing a prescription. You own it. I'm just reminding you what to use on your body that you used to use before and that really wants to, wants to function and wants to be let function. So I'll see people. I'll remind them. I'll teach them. And then go out and do it and feel better. Since we're using the term diaphragm, we got to go. So more like osteopathic perspective on diaphragm would be diaphragm is a horizontal connective tissue, right? So a diaphragm, I think of it as like s floors in a building, mm -hmm. right? So you could say your plantar fascia is a diaphragm. You could say your, your meniscus, your, your knees, there's mm -hmm. a diaphragm. You could say your pelvic floor is a diaphragm, respiratory diaphragm, thoracic inlet, the space where your head pops out, mm -hmm. right? And then there's the tentorium cerebelli, look which is, that. yeah, you know, so, so all these different terms, but you know, you could just look at, l think of your body like a, a, you know, how many, one, two, three, four, five, five, six-story building, uh -huh. right? And if you can stack and balance each one of those stories, then you can <laughs> you can really bear pressure through that yep. system, and the system can relax. Yep. I think if we get too myopic and too focused on any one thing, sometimes we might miss the other parts. And maybe the reason that we're having restriction in our fill-in-the-blank is actually because of the foot thing. You have that pronated foot, and your knee dumps in, and all this stuff. And we're now we're thinking about you know, we're putting the the cart before the horse kind of thing. Is that something that you ponder on at all? Or is that like, what do you think about it? You know that? what? I'm a simple creature <laughs> at the Sorry. end of the day. Um, but so, I mean, I love looking at different parts of the body. And I do talk about um, pelvic diaphragm as well uh, a lot, Good. which is, you know, we can talk more at another time about pelvic diaphragm, but how it is and should be you know, very much, and it's, it's actually in chapter nine, I think, how it is attached to your diaphragm. So the perfect breath actually um, uses your pelvic diaphragm and, and engages and, and is in communication with your thoracic diaphragm, which means that your digestion ends up uh, feeling a lot better when you really breathe the way you should. Yeah. Um, and I love the idea. I mean, you look at someone, and I, I often watch people walk because I think it's really interesting. And sometimes I'll even imitate the walk to see how they feel. Not because I know any, uh, that much about yeah. anatomy, but more because I really like the, the emotional connection. And you'll see people that pronate or how they're walking, it really has a lot to do with how they're feeling. So, and I, feet, I found, if I had to do things over again, I don't, I love being a psychologist, but, you know, uh, I, I just really like anatomy. I think that you have to pay attention to your feet a lot more than we do. Your knees, for sure. Your hips, absolutely. And pelvic floor. Diaphragm, absolutely. Neck and shoulders and, and head, you know, as I learned today. What was the word? 
The Gallia Apeneronica yeah. or Gallia yeah. Apeneronica. Gallia, I think, means head yeah. in Latin. Yeah. And then Apeneronica. It sounds like a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur with this enormous <laughs> head and tiny little body. You know? Real, yeah, really. Peanut brain. Yeah, peanut <laughs> brain. But big head. That's It's a dinosaur. That's it's a what dinosaur that is. name. Yeah. yeah. Big words are so fun to yeah. just. Because it always references back to dinosaurs, I yeah. think. Oh, always. <laughs> always. That's a dinosaur. We haven't found its bones yet, but that's what that dinosaur is. Yeah. Um, what else is there's some other kind of like low-hanging fruit stuff that you think would be relevant to get into. What, are, what kind of, upon doing interviews and such, what, what questions haven't you been asked? Is there anything that's been like, you know, I don't really get into this a lot. Um, you it's know, okay we, we covered, you know, everything from poop. Yeah, we went there. To, uh, to you know, dinosaurs. Dino- so <laughs> <laughs> I think we got everything. What's well, nice putting the yeah. headphones on, Yeah. right? Once you put the headphones in, then you're like, you're in another, yeah. we, 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 we're going in. We're going in. Yeah. yeah. And you look like a pilot and I look like a pilot. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, uh, <laughs> we'll have to put a thing on the, on the Instagram dealio and have like yeah. pi- some pilot shots before, before we get out of here. Absolutely. But yeah. So is there anything that, that's, um, so we mentioned, what the diaphragm is, how to access it, zipping up the front of the abdomen, a place that oftentimes people end up kind of spilling their guts yep. to the world. Underneath and front. Yeah. Underneath and front. The yeah. correlation between the pelvic floor and the respiratory diaphragm. It's one continuous closed hydraulic system. <laughs> Beautiful. R- right? <laughs> you know, so is, is, is the, you can think of it like toothpaste. Yeah. Right? If I squeeze something up in exactly. my thoracic up higher, yep. then it has to affect lower. Yep. It's cl- a closed fluid circuit. That's a, that's a really good one. I'd never heard someone... Talk about the body. I've talked. To, I've heard it talked about a poster tube with a top mm. and a bottom, um, the can of soda. But actually, I really like the. Uh, I really like the toothpaste yeah. analogy. We do that with sure. patterns a lot, mm-hmm. right? So it's uh, so we'll change something in the foot or change mm-hmm. something in the wherever, yeah. and you're like, cool, sweet, look at all this change we yeah. got. And then we're like, oh, but now the shoulder's messed up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's the same thing. It's like it's like exchanging one bad habit. It's like I used yep. to smoke meth. Now I'm addicted to, <laughs> you know, crack instead. Not quite so bad, right? It's like, well. Then you go to shopping and chocolate. Right, yeah. exactly. And now yeah. I'm addicted to power and wealth. Yeah. And people respect me for it, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, you're bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, um, you know, as far as uh, things I haven't been asked, um, I get asked a lot why people cry or what a cathartic response is during meditation because there lo- there's a lot of people doing oh, yeah. um, over-breathing, you know, for trance, for to get into a trance. They're doing over-breathing, which has been going on for a really long time. It's more popular now. Um, but I get asked, like, what happens? What is the tingling? Why do we cry? Why do we giggle? What's going on there? I think that's really interesting. It's not really explained properly. Um, when you, It's not really more oxygen, uh, but uh, if you are balancing um, oxygen and carbon dioxide, you're going to feel better. If you're unbracing your middle you're going to feel better if you're prone or supine rather and breathing in a way that really supports parasympathetic you're going to relax and you're going to you know be able to cry or sigh or let go and you know have some time to yourself that's what happens Mm. um and then you have people that have very extreme reactions where they like really laugh or really cry or feel really light afterwards and that's just the power of being able to breathe really hard, um, put yourself really deep into neurologically, it's not an oxygen thing, it's more of a neurologically really putting yourself into a parasympathetic state where you're really uh, relaxing. And when you relax, stuff comes up. I mean, that's the same thing happens when, when you do body work on people, I'm sure they cry. And, you know, I've gotten massages where I, I've teared up and that's just relaxing and pausing can be really powerful for letting feelings come up. And if you're allowed to let them go in that moment, really, really powerful. Pushing them back down again is bad because you're pushing them down and, you know, there's only so much space for you to push down those feelings before you break. But, um... It's important to have, whether it's massage or breathing or whatever, have something where you can pause, relax, digest your thoughts, uh, bring awareness to your feelings, laugh, cry, sigh, let it go, and feel lighter and feel better. It's the practice of opening the lid to the container. It's Mm -hmm. one that we don't really get a lot, culturally speaking. It's, It's all about how hard is your container. Yeah. 
not hard enough, hard no. enough, yeah, you know, hard but the, enough, <laughs> the practice yeah. of like, Harder, faster, let's pour yeah. some shit out of yeah. there. Do you have any idea how to do that? Have well, you we put glorify stress. Right. Like it's really how hard can you go? Not, oh, how deep are you relaxing? Oh man, that's right. so cool. Like nobody <laughs> really so glorifies how deep you relax. <laughs> yeah. uh, the yeah. the one thing before we're, 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 uh, we're probably almost pretty much out of time, but holotropic breathing. Oh, mm-hmm. we're like way out of time. Um, oh well, holotropic breathing. Me, yeah. Yes or no? What, what is that? Oh yes. Dan oh, Groff is a, is the bomb. Cool. Um, he, you know, coined the term holotropic breathing. Look him up. He's been doing it since the 60s. He's a, he's a psychiatrist who's just this, has an insane amount of information in his brain. He is just like, he's he's written books and studies, and he's just a force to be reckoned with. Com- really interesting, legit guy. Hmm. Practices out of Seattle. Cool. Yeah. So love Stan Groff. There's other people that have done different types of holotropic e-like things, like like Wim Hof, but uh, Stan Groff, who coined holotropic breathing, is I've been on panels with him, and he's he's amazing. He's really out there and just really smart. So cool. I'll yeah. try to get him on the podcast. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm in the Northwest next month, so yeah. I'll try and I'll try and stop absolutely. Him, but him any of that, any of that uh, controlled hyperventilation type breathing that's fairly popular now. Um, as long as the person leading it is ethical and makes sure that everybody who's there is safe, is, um, you know, does good closure with you when you leave. Because if you're, you know, prone to panic attacks or if you have PTSD, you don't want to be in a big group doing controlled hyperventilation. You're just not, you need to be taken care of. You need to make sure that you feel safe. You need to make sure that you leave and you feel okay and in control because it can bring up a lot of stuff. So, yeah, that's what I say about it. Cool. Yeah. How do people find you? Read the book, get your info, get your deets. Yeah, uh, thebreathingclass.com or drbelisa.com. Belisa. Belisa. You have to think it like that <laughs> as you type it. It's very important. Belisa. Belisa. It's very important. Belisa. <laughs> the cool. book is called Breathe, and um, it's out on St. Martin's Press and... Yeah, and I'm around. I do work. I'm doing a lot of teacher training right now, more than anything else. I have a teacher training coming up in um, Australia, London, Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco. Los Angeles, New York, and San Francisco is in the in the fall. I give continuing education credits, lots of them, and uh, people love the class. I have nothing but wonderful reviews. They're exhausting. I just came out of the master class teacher training and I am bushed because it was three days of in just like most things I do really intensive workshop so if you're wanting something that's softer it's not me <laughs> I do a really practical hands-on intensive teaching cool yeah it's called breath work for a reason yeah. I want to take a picture quick of us uh, before wrapping up and then uh, I'll put that up on the the insta thing and then we're all over and out here let's see we can st- do a little thing here at your house, picture? we're by the by the beach here. Aloha, <sighs> and uh, yeah, that's nice to have a little little image for the for the website and all that stuff. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank this you is, for having me. This is me. such a beautiful place. I love coming to your house because it's it's uh, by the beach. By where the beach, I'm where I should be. All the time, anyway. Don't yeah. care about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Surf's supposed to be good today. I'm gonna yeah. go surf after, yeah. not right after this, but this evening. There's supposed to be like. <laughs> Pretty sick swell coming in. Yeah, All sick right. swell. I'll go watch. I'll go watch yeah, the surfers out, and out, just lie out on the All right, over, over and out. Over and out. See y'all. See y'all pronto. Online podcast. Thank you once again so much to Ample Meal for bringing us this podcast today. They are a delicious meal replacement, which is uh, a delicious bottle. All you have to do is throw some water in there and get yourself all the healthy fats you need. It's got chlorella, wheatgrass, barley grass, probiotics, mac, nut, coconut chia seed all sorts of great stuff so check that out 15 percent off at uh using the align code a-l-i-g-n use that at checkout at amplemeal.com thank you people so much align podcast thank you once again so much for tuning into this podcast if you guys want to show some support show some love for what we're doing here um you can jump on the website aligntherapy.com a-l-i-g-n therapy.com and then from there uh, a couple things you can do one of which you could actually donate through Patreon. There's a link on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page. Uh, you can utilize the Amazon affiliate link. Uh, anytime you or anybody
somebody you know buy some crap on Amazon, please and thank you. Bookmark that link. Every time you do it, we get something like 7% of your purchase and it helps support this show. It is awesome, so great. As well, something you could do that is ultra helpful if you or anybody that you know um, has ears and likes books, uh, tell them to check out the audibletrial.com slash align. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash align. And then from there, that is uh, you get a free audio book from Audible. They have something like, I don't know, a bajillion different titles to choose from. Uh, one that I would recommend that I got from them was Shantaram. I, it's a huge book and uh, again, all free no matter what size the book you get. And that got me through, I listened to that as I was traveling through Morocco and uh, just really, really amazing website, uh, amazing service, couldn't recommend it more and uh, it kicks us down some scratchola every time you guys utilize that free thing. Costs you absolutely nothing and you get a free audiobook and you support the show. Boom. Um, Thanks so much for reviews on iTunes. That's greatly appreciated. And thanks just in general for listening. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for for spreading the word. All right. I can't express enough how much I appreciate all that. If you guys ever have any questions or comments, you feel free to email me directly at Aaron at aligntherapy.com. And I would love to talk. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.